everybody, welcome to RCC at Home. My name is Natasha. And my name is Adam, and it's now December or, or late March. I'm not really sure anymore. <laughs> yeah, something like that. But if you're newer and checking us out, make sure you smash the subscribe button and hit the little bell to be notified when new videos are released. Absolutely, and if you're newer here, just checking us out, head on over to rccsunday.com, fill out a red card. That's your way to communicate with us as a staff. So say hey, we'd love to hear from you. We have a few announcements for you before we get started with RCC at Home, starting with Put this date in your calendars. December 19th, we're having Christmas in the street. Absolutely. It's going to be awesome. Music, fun, coffee, just a, a way to hang out outside in this, during the Christmas season and get together as a church. It's going to be located right here in the town square, so check out our social media and website for more details. Absolutely. And then for Christmas Eve, we are going to be releasing a Christmas Eve service, so that's for you and your family to enjoy online at your convenience. We're bringing Christmas right to your home and we can't wait. So for right now we're going to get into a time of worship. Uh, this is just a time for you to connect with God and the Holy Spirit. So take a minute, take a deep breath, just rest and meditate on the words and use this time to connect with God. I hope that you enjoyed that song along with me. The last line of the song was, God so loved the world. And I believe that is true that God does love the world, but by world, I don't necessarily mean a, a globe or a sphere. When, when we sing God loves the world, we, what we mean is God loves each of us individually just as we are and that God desires a relationship with us. Here at RCC, we call those relationships our faith stories. We, we grow and we change and, and we deepen our relationship with God. That's the goal for everyone here at church. And today, you're going to get a chance to hear from two different people here at church, two very different people, but you're going to get to hear each of their individual faith stories. The first person that's going to share with you today, her name is Ari, and she's just a very, very special person to me. She's been here at RCC her entire life, and in this church, you guys have affected her life dramatically and now, as a teenager, she has this strong and dynamic faith, and she's going to tell you all about it. Hi, I am Ariana Arnett-Bite. Um, I grew up here at RCC. I grew up in the clubhouse and, and the lighthouse, and in fifth grade, it really took off for me. I started to have that personal relationship with God. I, <laughs> I really started to feel that connection, and I also started to get more connected into worship and to really um, present myself and like connect with God in that way, which is something I had never really fully experienced, and that was really special for me. Then it was a couple years ago that someone asked me, "Do you want to get baptized?" And I, I was like, "Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Should I?" And they're like, "Oh, you should. You should." And I just wasn't sure. I really was not sure what it meant to be baptized, what what it would feel like, what it would be like, or if I was even ready. So I really took the time to think about it a lot <laughs> and pray about it. And I talked with Pastor Sam here at the church a lot about it. He told me um, it's not about something you've accomplished it's about the start of a new beginning. And that really hit home for me. Um, that In that instant, I still remember sitting there and him telling that to me. And it was just like, oh my gosh, that totally makes sense. Like, this is exactly what I needed. Like, I'm ready, let's go. <laughs> it was just such a beautiful day. And Green Lake is where I've grown up my whole life. So 
it was really special to me that I got to get baptized here in the lake that I've grown up in and spent my whole life in. <laughs> I, I more remember the emotions rather than what I was doing exactly at that time. There was just everybody here. There was, there was my family, my friends, um, <laughs> and just my church family. Like everybody that's been here since the beginning uh, to support me throughout my faith journey was here supporting me and supporting everyone else that was getting baptized. And that was just like a really, really special thing for me because this was, this was a declaration of my love for God. And that was, it's a, it's a really cool thing to be able to show that to everyone, everyone you love. Like, even with that said, I mean, I obviously still had doubt as I'm sure any, any Christian would. Like, am I making the right decision? Like, what's gonna happen when I go under? Like, is it gonna be some life-changing experience? <laughs> so there was obviously still some doubt, but it was overcome by this wholesome feeling of just greatness and like this presence of God that really like <laughs> just felt amazing. So like it was my turn and I walked out and there was um, Pastor Mike and my mom and <laughs> I was there, I was ready. Pastor Mike asked me, do you believe in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? And of course I said yes and I was ready. <laughs> and <laughs> it dipped me under and I came up and I instantly was like overwhelmed with like, Oh my gosh, I did it. <laughs> like, this is so cool. It certainly was life-changing because I just looked up and I saw everyone there, like, clapping. Just got overwhelmed, like, with emotions. Walking back to the beach, giving everyone hugs. I'm saying congratulations. Like, I had done it, and I was really proud of that. Um, <laughs> I was really proud of what, like, how, how far I'd come and just the new beginning that I was about to experience. The new beginning in my faith and the time that I would now be able to always, like no matter what, I would always be able to know that God is there. Baptism isn't about being the perfect Christian. It's not about being good enough to get baptized. It's, it's about um, feeling in your heart and um, talking to God and realizing that you want to do this and you want to take this next step in your faith and I think that's a really special thing and You might be able to realize that and really be ready for the next step. Yeah, that you really want to commit your life to God and um, Follow God for the rest of your life no matter what I'm so excited that Ari was able to share her faith story with you today. And I'm excited for you as well, because this church, you guys, have had a dramatic effect on her life. Every time we do a baby dedication here at church, we talk about how as a church family, it's our responsibility together to help each other raise our children. And we've done that for Ari. She's participated in children's ministry and youth ministry and the services, so many different things over the years. And now, as a teen, she's doing all of that. She's served in children's ministry. She's, she's led work here at church. She's helped with youth group. It's amazing to see her growth and I'm so excited to, to see where God takes her in her life. But 
here at this church, it's not all about just growing up children to have faith. As adults, we grow in our faith as well. So you're about to hear the faith story of, of someone who's very dear to me here at church. He's very different. He's a male and she's a female. She's a teen and he's a little bit older. But he has an amazing faith story as well. His name is Kirk. So listen in. Hi, my name is Kirk Yazel. Amzie and I gave our faith stories back in January of 2008. That's been over 12 years. Since then, a lot has happened in our lives. Almost all of it's not been of our plan, but of God's plan, and it's something we never dreamed of. First, I would like to tell you how I got to this point. Some of my earliest memories are being in the First Baptist Church of Earth, Texas, sitting on an oak pew drawing on a church bulletin. I gave my life to Christ at about the age of 14 and was baptized shortly after. I was a pretty good kid until I went to college, and that's where my relationship with Christ began to dissolve. A couple of years after college, I got married, and about four years later, I was divorced with an 18-month-old son who lived with his mother after an expensive and futile custody battle. That's when my relationship with God turned rather adversarial. <clears throat> adversarial is defined as involving or characterized by conflict or opposition, and that was how I felt about God, church, and religion. In 1999, I moved from San Antonio, Texas to Ripon, Wisconsin, because I had fallen in love with a lovely woman known to me as MZ. I wanted to deepen our relationship. We bought a house and moved in together without being married. <clears throat> My thought at the time was I didn't need a church or a piece of paper to prove how much I loved her. Sometime in the summer of 2002, we walked by this building, but it wasn't Rip Community Church at that time. It was a building that was used as an antique store. MZ said she had heard that it was being turned into a church, and I made the comment, why in the hell would anybody want to start a church? Churches are dying, and the only people that go to them are old. You know, <clears throat> looking back on it, it's quite humorous how God made me eat my own words. Anyway, shortly after RCC opened, a friend of MZ's told her how good the music was, and if we were looking for a church, we should check it out. So we did. I came mostly to appease MZ. I walked up the stairs, and Pastor Mike was at the top of the steps. <clears throat> me being somewhat of a scoffer of church and not really wanting to be there, I thought, well, I'll get this over with, and I'll be back and I'll have a reason not to come back. So I walked up to Pastor Mike and I said, Hi, my name is Kirk. This is MZ, and we live together. He looked me in the eyes and he said, I'm not the sex police. <clears throat> Welcome. Come in and have a seat. Wow. Looking back on it, I thought what he was really saying was, I love you. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you're welcome here in this church. regardless of your sins. <clears throat> so, be, so begins the adventure with God versus against God. We continued to attend church, and we were married in this church on July 16th of 2004. <sighs> we participated in the first community group sessions, which was the purpose-driven life. And one of the learning aids was a keychain that had a Bible verse we were supposed to memorize. I think the first one was Mark 12, 30, 31, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Wow, what a concept, I thought. I don't think I can ever do that. Now, now I'm going to ask you to step back in time with me. I celebrated my 60th birthday this summer. As a young boy in the 1960s, I saw on a black and white TV John F. Kennedy's funeral, the reporting of Mark, the assassination of Martin Luther King, and the assassination of Robert Kennedy. In addition to the, the protests of the Vietnam War, I also saw black people being sprayed with fire hoses and having German Shepherd police dogs turn loose to attack them. 
<clears throat> in regard to the latter, I did not understand why this was happening, and I asked my mother, why are people doing this to other people? And I have never forgotten what she said. She said, son, you had no choice what color, place, or sex you were born. God determined that for you. So, some people do not like other people because of the color of their skin, and that is why they are mistreating them. But we are all equal in God's eyes. Okay? Fast forward to July 2014. <clears throat> I'm in the back of an ancient, non-air-conditioned Toyota Land Cruiser with 10 other people who attend RCC in southern Honduras on my first short-term mission trip. It was not my idea to be there. It was MZ's, but in hindsight, like so many times in our relationship, her ideas have always seemed to be the best. Anyway, as we were creeping up a rutted, boulder-scattered road to a mountainous community called Las Pitas to install a latrine, I saw something I couldn't recognize. It was a vertical branch bush moving forward in front of us. I thought, what is this? I could not tell what it was. As we got close, closer, I saw a man's feet at the very bottom of the bundle. And we passed, I noticed it was a Honduran man about my age, and he was carrying firewood on his back up that mountain. My mom's words came back to me, back to me immediately. Son, you had no choice in what color, place, or sex you were born. God determined that for you. My life changed in that moment. If I would have been born in Honduras, my life would have been nothing like it has been. I would more likely be illiterate. I wouldn't be able to read this to you because public schools did not exist for him. My growth and size would have been stunted because of lack of nutrition during my mother's pregnancy and, and my youth. And my income would be about $4 a day, using a machete from sunup to sundown to cut firewood and clear a plot of jungle to plant crops in order to feed my family. God had just turned my world upside down. When we returned home, both MZ and I knew we couldn't return to what, we had, what had been our normal lives. We didn't know how to deal with all emotions and thoughts we were having, and we struggled with what our next step with Jesus would be. After some serious prayer, counsel with friends, and Pastor Mike, we decided we had to do more to advance God's kingdom. <clears throat> with consult consultation with Jared Brown and Allison Brown, the founders of Mission Lazarus, we decided we'd go back to Honduras and work at the mission for 30 days. How are we going to do this? We don't speak Spanish. How are we going to forego our incomes and pay our expenses while in Honduras for 30 days? We had no clue, but we decided we were going to step out of the boat. We determined the amount of money it would take, and we sent out letters informing friends and family members of what our intentions were and asked them to financially support us. Now, MZ and I found this to be one of the most difficult things that we've ever had to do, asking people for help. It is really hard when you have pride in your ability to provide for yourself. We couldn't do it on our own. But wow, what a response we received from our friends and family. It was overwhelming. We ended up with twice as much money that was necessary, and the surplus funds were able to purchase metalworking equipment to start a new vocational class for Mission Lazarus. In addition to the new vocational study for the students of, of Mission Lazarus, it's an invaluable asset that provides additional skills for our possible employment in a country that lacks adequate employment opportunities. As you can see from this picture, when MZ and I returned from Ripon after 30 days stint with Mission Lazarus, we had really good tans, and we were several pounds lighter. Just kidding, this is how we really looked. The time restraints of this face story will not allow me to communicate all the blessings and challenges we've experienced while we, were, or, while we were there and since then. However, I will be more than happy to meet anyone for coffee if they would like to find out additional information or have questions about the experience. 
Since we have returned to Honduras, since then we have returned to Honduras nine additional times. We've had the opportunity to lead four groups from Ripon Community Church to Mission Lazarus, where we have assisted their efforts in bringing eternal worth to light to our brothers and sisters of Christ in southern Honduras. I cannot express the extent of how I have been blessed with the, by living with God and by studying His Word, the Bible. In closing, in my last faith story in 2008, I said I had broken every one of the Ten Commandments in either thought or deed, and that hasn't changed. I just want to add this. I no longer, had, no longer have an adver, adversarial relationship with God, but I'm trying to t- follow the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord my God with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my mind and with all my strength. And the second, love my neighbor as myself. Each time I've taken another step with my relationship with Jesus and placed my trust in him, it has allowed me to get closer to accomplishing those two commandments. Thank you. So I just want to thank Kirk for sharing his faith story today. Um, it's kind of fun to find out, I guess, that we're not, what, friends? Like, friends and Pastor Mike. Like, I, I, I think of Kirk as a friend. Uh, I've known him for a very long time, as you just heard. I remember all the way back to, to our first conversation together. Um, and and we've, I feel like we've been friends ever since. Um, I, I just think Kirk is a great man. I'm honored to call him a friend. Uh, so excited about um, his, his just life story, his face story over these years and um, Kirk and MZ's desire to, to be part of missions work and the risks they've taken and the sacrifices they've made to do that. I've just been so impressed. So you're someone that I, I just respect so much and I consider you a friend. Um, so thank you for this. And if you would allow, I'd love for to invite the church family to, to pray for you right now and, and thank you for sharing your, your face story. Would that be okay? Awesome. All right. Yes. Dear Lord, thank you for Kirk. Thank you for the friendship that we share. Thank you for the church family that we share. Thank you for how you work through him. Um, thank you that, that he's just a regular guy, God, that has chosen to follow you, and you've blessed him so tremendously because of it. I ask you to continue to bless him and his family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. What a great day to be experiencing RCC at home. We began the service by singing a song about God's love for us and faith, and then Ari and Kirk shared their faith stories. We always call those faith stories because that's what having a relationship with Jesus is all about, simple faith. Having a real faith like Ari and like Kirk talked about is key to growing closer to God, yet sometimes real faith can be confused with rituals or head knowledge. God says in the Bible that knowing him It's not about your head. It's about your heart. Spiritual depth or maturity is about a changed heart and a changed life, not a developed mind. It's so important to actually be living what we say we believe, not just going through the motions. People can see right through that. Even children can. And frankly, obviously, so can God. Now, we're about to share communion together. And I'm always cautious as I approach any activity like this because it harbors such a deep sense of formality or or ritual or tradition. I'm cautious because it could be very meaningful for each of us personally, or it could become something we just do without really even thinking. 
This act of communion should be an intimate interaction between you and God. Now, there are a bunch of us sharing this experience online together, but, I want, but what I want you to be shooting for today is for your own personal connection with God in this moment. We're sharing it as a church family, and that's special. But what's even more special is your own personal, intimate connection with God. Recognize that you can commune with God every day. You don't need me. You don't need a church building. You don't need anybody else. And simply sharing bread and juice is supposed to be a reminder of that. That's why we do it. So today, we're not going to be able to to pass bread and juice throughout your rows here at church like we normally do. And, And frankly, that's tough for me. I, I, I love sharing communion together as a church family, and I really miss you guys. And, and having a communion service really, really hits, hits home for me. It's tough not to be together. But instead, today, we're just going to share at home together. So in a few minutes, in just a few minutes, I'm going to have you pause the video and, and go and get something to share for communion. It, it might be bread or a cracker or a cookie or a sandwich. It, it doesn't matter. It, it might be juice or, or wine. It, it, it doesn't matter. Go, go get whatever you want to get. But before we do that, before I pause and do that, together we're going to take just a moment and we're going to share what the Bible says about communion. Now, if we look in the Bible, you, you can find this in 1 Corinthians it's chapter 11. This is what it says. For this is what the Lord himself, so Jesus, said. And I pass it on to you just as I received it. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So, as we talk about communion from Scripture, we have to be so very clear about what it is. So if we look back at the verses, sharing communion is especially just a reminder of what Christ has done for us. It says, do this in remembrance of me. We're remembering Jesus together. And then sharing communion is a statement of our own personal faith. The Bible says, For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So by sharing communion right now together, you and your home, by doing this together, by sharing communion, you're saying that you remember Jesus and you believe in Jesus. That's what this signifies. So we're about to share this communion. And if you've asked Jesus into your heart and your life, if you're a follower of Jesus and you want to share this as a reminder of your faith in him, I invite you to participate. I don't need to know what your church background is. Different types of churches have different rules for these sorts of things. We don't have a lot of those rules here at church. We don't take ourselves too seriously. Instead, we take you and your faith seriously. So if you have faith in Jesus, I invite you to participate. I'll ask you right now, you you can pause the video and you can go get your bread and juice and then you can come back and turn it back on and then we can share it together.
Welcome back. I have mine. It, it probably looks like a Ritz, but it's the, the cheap brand of Ritz. It's not a real Ritz. I'll call it a Rutz. And uh, this is apple juice for me. I don't know what you have at home, and it doesn't matter. Maybe it's a, a waffle and coffee. Maybe it's bread and juice. Uh, maybe it's cookies and milk. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's what we're doing, to, what we're representing that's important. So we're representing Jesus here. We're remembering Jesus here, whatever we have in our hands. It says in Scripture that Jesus took a loaf of bread, and he had given thanks, and he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is given for you. And then he said, Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup in the same way. It was wine for him. For me, it's apple juice. But after supper, he said, This cup is the new covenant between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. So now, together, as we've shared communion, as, we, as we've remembered Jesus together, as we've announced our faith in Jesus together, let's close the service by praying and thanking Jesus for what he's done for us. Dear Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for loving us and accepting us just as we are. We want you to know, Jesus, that we've accepted you as well and that we love you too, and that we're dedicated to following you in our lives the best that we can. We pray this in your name. Amen. Proverbs 19.17 says that whoever is generous to the poor gives to the Lord. What an amazing opportunity. When you give here at RCC, you're giving to God, and you're honoring him with your finances. Not only that, but 10% of everything given at RCC goes directly to supporting the mission field, both abroad and right here at home. The easiest way for you to give is to go to rccsunday.com. From here, you can set up a reoccurring gift. It can be weekly or monthly. It can be through your bank account or even your debit card. Also, feel free to drop off a check at our downtown location at 155 State Street. There's a mail slot. You can just put it right in there. You are all awesome. Have a great week, and remember, be the church.